Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Better Business Analysis Podcast with Benjamin Walsh, proudly brought to you by the Better Business Analysis Institute. If you haven't checked out our website, go to bba.institute, check out our website, uh, look at the content, sign up for the free BA course if you have not done it, um, and, you know, tag us in with your certificate so we know you've done it, but we really appreciate that. Now, today, we are getting into the art of saying no. There is an art to saying no. Uh, you need to learn the art of saying no if you're a BA, uh, and you need to prioritize like a pro. Now, the art of saying no and prioritizing like a pro, you know, you're kind of navigating workload and setting boundaries effectively. Now, we've talked about prioritization and different ways to prioritize requirement in the last episode. But there's also um, an art to just prioritizing your own work and where to spend your time. Um, being a great senior BA is a bit like placing educated bets. So you are, um, I guess, you are busy no matter what, right? Like you should be busy. Um, if you're not, then you're not playing the game properly. Um, and you have a bit of a burden. Uh, I guess it's a, a busy burden's. BA's burdenness, which is to manage all the work you need to do, place some bets, uh, try and build a picture of the requirements of the problem domain, uh, you know, basically the problem, the process, and the requirements and the people involved, and then trying to articulate that um, during the time you've got. And if any of you have um, worked as a vendor, BA, it's quite different. So uh, usually, you know, sometimes BAs work on the other side, they issue uh, RFPs and RFIs and tenders. But if you've been a vendor BA, your job is to kind of, it's a unique job because you are um, trying to capture the requirements of the customer uh, and then you're giving them back to your own company. So, you know, there's, there's tricks to dealing with that, uh, which we'll cover in another episode, which is, you know, dividing your work from being uh, you really need to be in the um, customer-centric and, you know, treat your own development team and your own um, delivery team as a, as a, as another entity, as a, just like you would be if you're an internal BA. Um, however, one of the things you have to do when you're a, a vendor BA, uh, you should have to do this as an internal BA, but if you're a vendor BA, one of the things you need to do is quote your time. Um, because your time will be either included explicitly as a line item, um, as BA work. Um, obviously, if you're a consultant, you know, that goes without saying. But if you're a vendor who's who's selling a product and an outcome, then sometimes your time is incorporated into pre-sale, so it's free, um, or, uh, you know, hidden under the development team uh, at total hours. Um, but even to get that, and I've worked at a very effective development company and I ran the BA practice there, um, and, you know, I would have to quote, uh, either for myself or my BA team. And it was quite hard to do, um, because you are, you've got an idea of the brief, uh, you have to quote it. And then you usually could use the guardrail of when you're a vendor building a web app, for example, uh, about 20% of the time um, you usually would spend on getting the requirements. So that was kind of my yardstick. Um, so that was quite difficult. So we'd have to kind of find out enough and then guess. 
So if you've quoted time, then you know you are time box. You're within a box. You you every hour count. And so if you're an internal BA, you should try doing this yourself. You should try quoting and you should be forced to anyway by your PM. But if you're working on a piece of project and you're working as a as a as a delivery BA, project BA, product BA, agile BA, delivering stuff BA, then you should, you know, try and time box yourself, even if it doesn't matter. And then go, okay, so if I have, I don't know, 100 hours, or let's say 120 hours, which is um, a week, uh, sorry, three weeks, uh, sorry, 120 hours, 40 hours a week, sorry, math's bad, yep, so you have, th um, you have three weeks, three working weeks, um, which of course could be spread over time, so that's your effort, so that's the cost, and then the duration could be over, I don't know, um, six weeks, for example, let's double it, so in a agile environment you might be running two weeks sprints which might include the ba upfront non-development sprint time and so if we've got two weeks there and we've just said over six weeks so you've got three sprints and what we're saying is that for half that sprint time will be will be allocated um and so therefore um you've got 120 hours allocated over those six weeks uh, which is three weeks work and of course, if you're a vendor um, and a place, the place I was just referring to that I worked for, um, which was an effective uh, development shop, we literally um, had to time sheet down to every five minutes. So, um, and our chargeable should have been uh, for BAs, uh, for devs it was more, was around 80%. So that meant that 80% of our time, 80% of our 40 hours, um, let's just say 35 hours of that or 36 hours of that, that had to be chargeable. So we didn't hit the 80%, we didn't get a bonus, or we were, you know, we could have been in a performance situation. It wasn't that harsh, but that was what we aimed for. So if you say you got, <laughs> in that case that I've just said that we could be working on a piece of work where only 50% of our time is allocated, because um, obviously the duration is longer than uh, the effort, then we would have to work on more than one project at once. Um, so that's, it's quite, when you're a BA, you've got two things there. One is guessing how long it's going to take you, getting it into the quote. You might run over. You'll, you'll have our unders and overs, but you'll get better at it. Uh, maybe quoting for other BAs, juniors, who aren't as, you know, skilled as you and are going to take longer. And then also the problem that you've got, which is actually finding other work to do that's chargeable during that time. So it's managing multiple clients uh, and prioritization. Um, with the with a BA gig, though, uh, I guess if you're developing something like a web app or, or whatever, then your time ideally is more intensive at start and then just drops off kind of like a reverse kind of exponential kind of curve where you start off really, you know, really 100% allocated and then it drops 80, 60, 40. And that's a good way to look at it because uh, your work's going to be happening first. Um, so that could be a better way of using your time, I just said, in terms of your effort hours over that duration, that quoted period. Um, start up with 100%, you know, for, for the first week or whatever, and then drop to 80 and so on. But really, you know, you're only one of the players in the team. So if, the, if you work in a true development uh, environment, then, you know, those, be, those developers and the architects and the testers and all the rest of it in your delivery team, they, they want you at stand-up. So you know, um, you're going to have to be available for those. And so, and they might say, well, this requirement isn't clear enough or we needed 
if you're the if there's no kind of product owner or active product owner then you're going to have to go and clarify those requirements so i think a 50 that's why i said even though there's exponential in terms of your efforts could be more at the start of a project and it's going to get lessened um the idea of you know having 50 percent allocation is, is something you should think about especially in terms of dividing your work among different clients uh one trick that i would suggest uh you get this in a consultancy and you get this as a vendor ba um, and you can get it internally if you're working on more than one project, is I would suggest that you divide your week into, you've got five days, you might say, okay, the first three days I'm working on this piece of work, and second, uh, you know, last two days I'm working on this piece of work. Um, I would not recommend swapping throughout the day or trying to juggle them both. Uh, microtasking, or sorry, or going from um, multitasking, sorry, is the word I was looking for, Multitasking is not actually a thing. Um, it is a word and it happens on computers, but all you're really doing is pulling on, uh, swapping your mindset and changing focus. And some people can do that quickly and some people can't do it quickly. However, if you were going to allocate your time and your team relies on you to be available, uh, maybe you only go to the 15 minutes every day, but your mindset, when you wake up, you're working on one piece of work. I highly recommend that. You're working on one thing for the day, okay? Um, splitting that afternoon and, you know, afternoon and morning would, would be the next uh, idea. But because um, then you've got the lunch, you know, a, a good break, but a lot of people don't take lunch. I You do not want to be swapping between projects. It's very inefficient. So that's my top tip for today. So when you're a busy BA, you not only need to do those things, so you'll, you and a good project manager will put it on you to tell them how long it's going to take you to do a task, um, and you're quoting your time ahead, so it can be put in the quote. So have that mindset when you're quoting, even if you're an internal BA, and then you've got to work to your own medicine. Like you've, you've, you, this is what you've said, how long it's going to take. So there, your time box, and therefore you mean you're forced to prioritize. So you have to worry about um, being available for other people. You have to worry about deadlines. You have to worry about different requests um, for your time. And you've got, BAs have a pressure to exceed expectations. So BAs have a, like I said, you want to delight, is a word that came in a human-centered design or design thinking, delight your customer, right? You don't just, you want them to go, they're good. Not only do they work hard and relative to others, but they are delivering and you know that was good that i really like that that was that made my day and that's more you want to aim to exceed expectations um and that can be good for you just from a financial point of view too because if you exceed expectations then you know obviously if you're working on that kind of performance uh, contract then you should get paid extra for that but your job is to exceed expectation it's not really to me now the other problem with being a busy BA and just having lots of things that you need to focus on is you're going to have to use patterns that you've seen before to guesstimate how long things are going to take and to go, okay, look, this was the path that I took last time. Uh, this is how long I think it's going to take. This is, I'm, going to, I'm going to go through that path again, follow the same methods that I've used before. Um, here at the Better Business Analysis Institute with the delivery journey, the um, Better Business Analyst uh, delivery journey, it's actually set up so you're coming through these stages and that can help you. Having yard uh, different like 
um, I guess, different points of phases, if you like, you, even in your own BA plan, your Agile BA plan, having different phases and, and, and quoting down of those phases makes sense. And then you know whether or not you're spending too much time in one of those phases or you know what, what's left to do. Uh, generally, if the project's well-scoped, then you're going to spend not much time up front with the you know, strategic and enterprise analysis and you're going to get on to the detailed requirements. So that's important. But then you need some time, like we said, maybe half your time for the rest of the pieces of work that you need to do, which is working with the development team, which can take a lot of time. And, you know, ultimately uh, implementation, you might even be involved in training and change. So I think you should use um, those different delivery journeys. You can look at our website. Um, it, it, you can see a copy of that, just a very high level if you want to see what those phases are. And then you can use that to quote. I, su I suggest it's a really good way of quoting and then looking at your time, and you can monitor where you are throughout that life cycle. They're not all even, um, it all depends on the case study or piece of work you've done. Um, I think, though, there is, uh, some BAs are, and this is the whole point of the art of saying no and prioritizing like a pro, is that people, BAs say yes a lot to requests. So, um, can you do this? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. You want to be seen as the helper. You don't want to be seen as the blocker. But when you say no, you need a powerful no, and you need to be able to say it. It needs to be explicit, okay? So you can't just say, yeah, I'll do that and not do it. If you've sent, said you're going to do something, you need to set expectations about how long it's going to take and when it's going to be done. So if you get a requirement that's a must-have requirement, that takes priority. But if you've got something that isn't, or you think it might not be based on your knowledge, your experience, then you should say, can I park this? I've actually got to get this done. And this is the most important. Use the link towards the objective and the business requirements to, to talk to the product owner and the project manager, um, if you've got both, about how much time you're going to spend on that requirement. Remember for the development team, it's going to be the next prioritized requirements that are in their uh, sprint that you need to spend your time on. It's not the other backlog items. If you've got additional time, you should be researching those, grooming the backlog, for example, elaborating the requirement. But right now, you should be focusing on what they need. They are your audience at this stage. So if you're in the development phase, your audience is the development team and it's the test testers. So it shouldn't be that you go and then look at something else because the product owner wants you to explore some other area. Okay? You need to say, no, I'm going to focus on this. And if I have extra time, I'm going to focus on that. Or that is going to take me extra time. And we talked about change requests late, um, in the last uh, episode. So if requirements are now changing, now you're in development phase, like substantially, and they're not what are, you know, defined in the backlog, then, you know, you need to speak up and say, I can't do that or no, I need more time. This wasn't, this is the reason for it. And then maybe you need to allocate more time, which comes out of contingency of the project. Um, okay. So then we'll talk about how do you say no? How, how is it, especially if someone, if you have a sense that the person that you're saying no to, it has got more power in the organization than you, or is it a position of authority, or, you know, you you just don't have, uh, you don't feel comfortable saying no. You need to reframe the saying no as a critical skill, okay? It's not a weakness to say no. Um, it is you prioritizing. It makes you, it makes the person you're saying no to should have more confidence in you because you know your craft and you know that they're saying no and you're explaining why. You're always coming up with a why. This is why I'm doing it. 
Or if there's a choice, I need you to choose between thus and thus. They're both the same priority. I need you to tell me which of these two I'm going to do first. And yes, I'll try and get to the thing that you've got. But that is, you've chosen this as the priority. I'm going to focus my attention on that. That should happen in any intense project. If it's an efficient project and it's lean and it's been quoted, you know, just enough time uh, plus contingency, then all those questions should come up, okay? If they're not, then you've either you've overquoted, you know, um, or you've just, you know, it's not a time-critical project. Uh, so that's that's an interesting fact. I think you need to, when you say no, you need to emphasize the benefits of saying no. So I just said there that it allows you to choose something and focus on it. So you've got improved focus. You've also allowed that to, um, and this is, there is a, 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 a very big asterisk here that I'll explain. You need to, it allows you to um, add more quality to whatever you're focusing on. Look, I can't rush this. Um, I need to get it done. This is not something I can knock out in five minutes. I need a good half day with headphones on just to figure out the logic for this particular piece. Uh, you know, um, and the project manager could say, can anyone help you? You need to allow yourself help when you need it. Your job is to be the BA, the facilitator, the clarifier. It isn't to necessarily be the SME and understand everything about the subject matter you're working for. To use your SMEs or ask for help. That's your job. Your job isn't your job is to get it done, the requirements done. It isn't to necessarily understand all the business processes or all the business rules that you're focusing on. So that's a, a trick that some BAs go down and go, I need to figure it out. I need to do all the business rules. Ask someone. They've been around on that subject uh, before you. If it's not in your organization, go and talk to subject matter experts from other organizations. I'm sure they'll help. Or look online. It's been probably done 50,000 times before. The other problem with me just saying that around, you know, allowing you time to invest quality into a product is that a lot of us BAs, and, and I get there sometimes, are perfectionists. So we do not like showing people our work, uh, you know, showing the painting, if you like, if it's half painted. But one of the evolutions of Agile and one of the evolutions uh, or evolutionary steps that we needed to take as BAs from being, say, an IIBA, standard BA out of the box to a better BA from the Better BA Business Analysis Institute is we need to know that it's okay to show people our workings and to, it's actually helpful to do that so they can um, check it. And we need to be comfortable um, basically presenting early, early drafts. Um, so that's a good BA will present early drafts to get feedback straight away to then evolve and change. If you polish, if you polish your painting or you polish your cake, if you like, you make it perfect. And then you work out they want a chocolate cake and you've made vanilla or the icing's wrong or you've added all the, you know, all the pretty decorations that are on top and they don't like it, two things are going to happen. You've got to a position and, and this is, this is how you know. If you get upset, then you've gone too far. If you step down going, oh, then you've gone too far. I used to work with a designer uh, at, at the same company, actually, that I talked about before, the development company. And we did web, web apps and all sorts of things. And there were a couple of, two designers there, loved them both, great guys. And one of, one of them, <laughs> heard a nickname. Um, he, he, his design, they were both great designs, completely different 
kind of designs. One was clean and one was more uh, creative. And if you allowed him to develop, if the, if the client allowed him freedom with design and he spent too long on this particular kind of look and feel, this design, imagine a web application, and you showed it to the customer for feedback and that person wasn't involved, then that particular designer got upset because he had a masterpiece and people were criticizing it. And even though it looked great, there was some feedback. I remember specifically when we're doing a building app, quoting building app, and the colors, the colors of notifications uh, wanted to be changed. And the, the designer said, look, green means this, blue means that, I've used blue for this. You know, really good reasons behind the design, all great logical user interface designs, which would have made the product better. But the customer ultimately, being a vendor, wanted uh, the buttons to be a different color. And that really upset the designer. And they said, that's fine. And the way he coped with that was saying, that's fine. It's now his design, not mine. And by losing that connection to your work, <laughs> BAs do that. And if you get to that position, then you've gone too far. You haven't shown your draft early enough. Because you wouldn't be upset if you knew they were the preferences uh, before you uh, wrote the requirement or did the design in that case. Time management is critical for a BA. I think you should uh, book your, you've got Outlook or you've got Google, book your calendar out for working times. Focus time is a, is a good plugin. Um, there are lots of plugins you can use for Google, for example, and an Outlook now. Uh, book in time to just um, focus on your work. What I do, um, is if I'm having a workshop, I'll probably ex be exhausted at the end of the workshop. So I might even go home early on that day because I'm not going to get anything else done. And then the next morning or straight after the workshop, I'll write up the notes of the workshop if I don't have another BA there. And there's tools like ChatGPT and stuff like that that can um, rapidly put your notes into some, in some decent format. And then what I do if I need to, if I'm now working with people, of course, you want to be around your team. But I need to write something up. I need to do some logic processing. And I need to do some analysis. Then what I do is either I work from home that day. If I, if, I can, if I need a whole day to write a document, for example, which is a long time, but presentations you sometimes need to do, or I'll just block out my calendar. So there's no meetings, no interruptions um, during that period. And I'll, I'll let everyone around me know and say, look, I've got focus time between here and here. I even book a room so I'm not at my desk physically. Uh, maybe, um, and, or, you know, with headphones on, usually that's the sign to say, leave me alone. Depends on your team, put it onto your team's message or, or whatever you use, Slack, and just focus and then use that time. Um, one of the things that you need to do, and I'm, I'm not good, I'm not great at it, but you have to force yourself. It's a habit you have to develop is just forcing your time to, you know, get in the mood to write a document, you know, or, or to process notes. You have to kind of be in the mood to do that sometimes. Uh, so give yourself a bit of leeway. Know that you might not have, you might not want to, you know, do your analysis straight away. You might have to do it a day later. And you've got choices. If you're a vendor BA, you know, you might not have a choice. But if you're an internal BA, you might do that. You might say, I'm going to allocate Friday to do that. And on Thursday, I'm going to go and do another workshop. So allocate your time, book out your calendar, use it as your diary also, and to keep yourself honest. Uh, it also helps reduce stress because then you're not thinking about it at nighttime or in anxiety. You've, you've booked it in. Uh, in regards to meetings, for example, always prep for meetings. The more you prep for a meeting, and I know it sounds stupid and I'm still bad at it, uh, the better the meeting goes and the better the write-up goes. So having an agenda using 
the power start methods power start look it up um is a really great uh meeting agenda uh way to manage a um an agenda and then uh making sure you've got someone there to help facilitate if you're uh, um running a workshop so you're the ba and you're trying to uh, draw on the board and take notes and interact with people. Try to have someone else take the notes. Um, what I do is either use a junior BA who's learning from me to do that, and it's a great way to learn to be uh, to get experience uh, from a junior because you can get them to help, and then maybe they get a go once you've got comfortable with the audience. Or use your project manager and get them to take notes. Okay, they're usually in that kind of uh, way anyway, inclined to write notes. So that's always a good idea for meetings, uh, and it's always good to, uh, to send out notes too. That keeps yourself honest. Um, but just swinging all the way back to the saying uh, no, uh, the power of saying no. Um, sorry, the reason why the meeting and the saying no is, is linked is that a meeting allows you, with a meeting agenda, it allows you to say no by using the parking lot and say, this is not on our agenda. We'll talk about it later. This is not what we plan for, right? So it manages your time and the meeting doesn't go off rails. And say, so we'll put that in the parking lot, we'll come back to it, and I'll add it to the next meeting. So always at least have two meetings, you know, one for uh, a workshop, one for a review, and use that to say no. And ask your project manager to play bad cop while you play good cop. Uh, when you say no, you want to be clear and direct. You want to state your reason politely but firmly, okay? You need to show, it's not just, you know, you don't want to be the person, you don't want to be like Ben, Oh, that's Benjamin over there. He's the one who always says no, and he's a shit BA, and I love Samantha's great because she always says yes. Well, Samantha's, you know, either going to be in a bad situation or not care about the work if she's not thinking about it at night. Uh, if I'm saying no all the time, then, um, you know, then they might think something's up. So it's not about saying no all the time. It's saying no, why? And then when you do deliver the yes side, you're, you're, just, you're just exceeding expectations. When you say no, suggest an alternative. So it's no, but this is what I'm suggesting, another way or later or scope. Use your project manager or your product owner um, to be an advocate for you. Use I statements. Focus on uh, your own limitation workload. I don't. I know I won't get this done by then, so I'm going to say no for, for now, but I promise that on Monday I'll review it with you for five minutes. We'll spend five minutes on it, see how long it's going to take, and I'll see if I can fit it in. But at the moment, it's going to go on the back of the backlog, and I'm focusing on what's on this sprint right now. The team's uh, relying on me, and I know that that needs to be done. So that's going to take me until Thursday. That's the kind of language you want to use, okay? There's also a bit of prioritization magic that we need to cover off, okay? And this is something that BAs um, need to kind of uh, go back to. So we talked about the, the idea of prioritization in terms of requirements. But it's also what you can, there are other methods. There's the Eisenhower matrix, Moscow, of course, we've talked about in the ABC analysis. But one of the things you can do is use that to your own work. So you can say, look, is this a must-have right now? Is this something I should be doing? Or is this something I could be doing? Or is this something I won't be doing at the moment? Okay, you can say that. And that's weird language to say to a person, but you can change it a little bit. You should also um, get, if you have too many requests. So this is, Things you need to do, so tasks you need to do to complete the requirements effectively or, or the analysis work, then you can ask for those particular tasks to be prioritized in the same method we prioritize the requirements. Look, I have limited time. What is the priority? One, two, three, four. Uh, one being number one. You can't have everything there. This is going to be the stuff that I focus on. 
each uh, will uh, guesstimate how long that's going to take. Okay, cool. So, uh, okay, we do have time. Uh, even we do all the things in the one pile, we have more time. So what's your second level of priority? Okay, these two. Yep, I can get those done. I've got some, might have some spare time. What's priority three? Okay, these priority fours are, are not going to get, are probably not going to get to. So let's talk them as things that I won't be able to do. So that's a good way of talking about it. Uh, regular reviewing and adjusting prioritizing is really important. Things change uh, on projects, you know, think Agile, uh, but things just happen outside the development team that change as well. So people might think of new ideas. Uh, you need to be open to that and you need to be open to your prioritizing, prioritization changing. And that, that means that you're painting. You may even have less time to uh, draft up your painting before you show it to someone. You might even have to keep that painting drafted and just write that down as wasted work. That's not ideal. You don't want to be like in the middle of analysis and stopping and you've just wasted time and then moving back and forth. That's just, you know, waste is not something we should uh, be advocating for. But sometimes that waste, if you're going down the wrong path, it's better off, uh, you know, as with betting. Uh, you know you've, uh, if you've put money on a sports team, uh, $5 on a sports team to win, and that sports team, you know, looks like it's really going to lose at this point. There's no point in putting an extra $5 on that team just because the odds are better and you might get your money back. You need to pull out and you just need to cut your losses, okay? Know when to hold them, know when to, when to fold them. The other thing is just setting boundaries like a boss, right? Like you need to discuss the, um, you need to, you've got two things. You've got time, which, you know, equals money for the company you're working for, or if yourself, then it's money as well. And you've got energy. And those two things are limited. Uh, you might, I guess, your knowledge and skills, which you can get better. And that's the idea of this podcast and our institute is to get your skills better. But two things that are limited uh, straight away are your energy and your time. Um, and that can mean that, you know, if you've been sick, then your brain's not going to be working as well as it used to. Uh, which means your energy, things are going to take longer and, you, and your energy is going to be expelled faster. Okay, if you're in a high pressure environment, your energy can dis dissipate uh, uh, quite a lot. Um, so you need, want to have consistent energy and you want to be, when we're gliding through with the time, okay, you want to be going, yep, cool, that was about how long it took me. And I don't feel, I, I know the workshops are going to be a little bit, they're going to take a lot of energy, but I'm going to get so much out of that workshop it's going to save me so much more time than just trying to work it out myself. Um, when you establish boundaries, some of the things that you need to do is clearly what I talked about before was working at home, for example, and, you know, and having swings and roundabouts. I think it's really important for BAs to really communicate their working hours and availability clearly. So it's about like time for myself to write things up, um, time to do workshops. Uh, you know, you need to be free if, if, if your customers, your um, subject matter experts or the people that you need to gather requirements from or your, you know, working group are only available at five o'clock and you usually finish at five, then you might have to have flexibility in your own schedule and go, okay, I'm going to do a workshop from five to seven if everyone can be there. And then that might mean that, you know, you, you don't, you go in later the next day. Okay. Working from home. Um, making sure that other people know when you're available. So having that in your schedule, op uh, ideally open, so they know when you're at home, when you're in the office. Uh, BAs, ideally, I used to say this to my juniors, you should be in the office. You should be around mixing with your customers. It reduces, it helps with communication. It reduces under misunderstanding. 
email doesn't pick up tone so it's best to have especially if you're being firm which means you can come across too harsh so it's best to video call them or to even physically see your customers and work with them if you can go out for a coffee for five minutes and talk to your customer about a complex problem you know that can save you hours of time so make sure that you've just got that flexibility with your pet your PM understands that that's the way you work, but you need to prove it sometimes so they know you're not taking the piss. Um, the other thing is scheduled like downtime, okay? Making sure that your personal commitments are, are booked in well in advance so people know that you're away. The worst thing that I've experienced before as a team leader or on a big program, I've had a, a couple of BAs which have allocated to products or piece, services within a, a greater uh, program or an ecosystem or, you know, different parts of the of job to be done for example and then they've let me know oh, i don't know a couple of weeks in the project oh i'm gonna go away i'm going on holiday for two weeks i'm like well this is the quote you saw the you saw how long it was going to take you said that this was fine but it isn't fine is it the schedule isn't fine because you've now told me you're taking two weeks off so your responsibility, you own your schedule, you need to reprioritize that schedule and you need to let your people know because those workshops are booked when you're going to be away. So as a BA, you need to take personal responsibility for your own schedule. Even if you've got a senior or a team leader or a project manager, you own your tasks and your time. So you need to make sure that you're flexible with that. And if you have got any leave, plan it in well in advance, okay? Um, and saying that, so the flip side of that is if you're cranking it through and you've had a good day and there's nothing on on a Friday and you've had three workshops of, you know, three um, days of workshops, and I'll talk about how long workshops should be in a minute, uh, and, you know, Friday is a down day and you've worked o overtime, then, you know, the, we call it take, t take time in lieu, which is have Friday off, you know, go home, relax, go to the beach, have a long weekend and you know recharge there's something i used to encourage my team to do or uh, they've you know they've had a big workshop you can tell they're exhausted they come back to their desk they put their things down <laughs> almost sweaty from it and i just say just go home now like just come and write it up in the morning or if you've got time to if you uh, prefer my team not to take uh home uh work home at night it's really bad to make, uh work at home but you know if they have the tendency to want to write up notes late at night with well, then then go for it if that's the way they want to work um, or just get in early tomorrow or, you know, have a longer lunch or whatever. And I think BA should, you know, if you're flexible and you're flexible for the sake of your customers, which is who you ultimately should be, it shouldn't be a personal thing, then, you know, you, those swings and roundabouts are important. Um, also, if you've got a junior or you've got other people in your team, um, then use them, delegate, allocate tasks, um, delegate and allocate tasks. It's, you know, use them to take notes, use them to uh, do some simple process modeling. Uh, definitely what I always do, and I find that hard, by the way, but one of the things that I do use um, my juniors for, or even my PM, is I, I'm actually quite dyslexic. And it hasn't held me back because I've got ways of dealing with it. But if I write something very quickly, and I generally do, I will get it to an 80% kind of quality level which is where it should be reviewed anyway, and I will give it to someone. And I would say if I've, if I've cranked that out, okay, headphones, you know, two hours in the afternoon, written up some, um, taking notes from a workshop and 
synthesize them into a requirement statement and background, then it probably won't make sense uh, because of uh, mixed words up. And so what I always do is I'll give it to a project manager and I'll do it, especially again, before it looks good. So I don't get before I've turned it into a masterpiece. So they'll go through and I say, do you mind just checking this through? I use Grammarly. I have a plugin for Grammarly. I use Spellcheck, but it doesn't always pick up the grammar or what I'm trying to say. And I'll say, hey, look, I've rewritten the sentence. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I actually let people know after a while that I am a little bit dyslexic. And especially when I'm under time pressure or when I've written something quickly, uh, I, I, have a, I have trouble uh, reviewing it. And so therefore I can either spend hours reviewing it or I just get someone else to do it and it saves time if they've got time to do it, to help me. So I delegate that. Um, also, if you get requests, so for, this happens internally. I've had this um, with my current, one of my current consultancies I'm working on, which is a large government department. Um, they're quite social, the organization, and they have all sorts of kind of events. So they'll have like, you know, making a cake or doing this. And and this is the kind of organization it is. I don't have any problem with that. And if, it, if I was a full-time employee, I would probably go along to these bits and pieces. But I just, I just, dec I decline them and I go to the ones I have to. And once in a while, I'll show my face at the social events. Uh, one, I'm a, I'm a contractor, so uh, or a consultant who's charging. So I, you know, I don't charge for the time that I'm at those meetings. I use it instead of my lunch break, for example. But also, um, so it's good to see your face. You you know, don't want to be that person who's antisocial. Um, but also, you can just say no to some of these requests, okay? Um, you don't have to go to every meeting. If there's a testing meeting and they're having a testing meeting and they're inviting you and say, oh, come along to the testing meeting. You're like, will I add any value? Like, you know, is it just for my information? And they're like, yep. And they go, could you record it? And I'll watch it when I've got time. You don't need to go to meetings or requests that fall out of your scope. You don't need to be a busybody and be involved in everyone else's stuff. Okay. Yes, you want to work collectively, but that doesn't mean being involved in every single decision uh, or every single meeting. And that's hard for BAs because we generally take, if you're building a product, you generally like think of it as your own baby at some point. You have to find what it looks like, you find its genes, for example, and you are really wanting to be involved in every process of its delivery. But over that nine months of a, of a baby making, you don't need to be in every ultrasound. You don't need to be involved in every conversation. You don't need to be involved in every, um, I don't know, um, purchase of baby clothes. Okay. So just um, say no to yourself. Um, be, be a pro. You know, the art of saying no to yourself is just as important as saying no to other people. So learn to say no. Learn to be effective. Learn to say why you're saying no. Learn to prioritize your own work. Okay. Learn to work out how to be efficient. Learn to um, work out the destination. Do your agile BA plan. Work out how you're going to get to A to B. Adjust it as things change. Work out how long it's going to take you to get to A to B. You know, um, do you need to draw a line in the sand? Uh, they'll just uh, do, do there need to be more BAs on this piece of work? That's always hard. Uh, do you need some support? Do you need someone to help you along the way? Okay, so they're my top tips for today. That's the art of saying no and prioritizing like a pro uh, for BAs. I hope you've got some value out of that. Um, I think anyone who listens to this podcast should think about 
uh, when they when their time's poor, their energy's low, uh, they're stressed out. And if you're working it like that all the time at 120%, you're going to burn out. You, your your con- cognitive abilities in your brain are going to be lessened and you're just not going to be um, the best you can be. Okay, for you, your you know your project and for your family when you get home. So say no and prioritize like a pro. The Better Business Analysis Institute presents the Better Business Analysis podcast with Kingsman Walsh.